G Money. Yo. What's up, man? What's going on? Wagwan, Bredgen. Yo. Wagwan, brother. I ain't gonna lie. You corny today, bro. Uh huh. What, what I do, you man? You corny. I'm, 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 and I'm gonna violate you today. Today's your day. I've been a bad guy since last episode, man. Yeah, yeah, what's going yeah, on, what's going man? On, man? <laughs> Things changing around here. <laughs> yeah. Take, you flipping the script? Uh, the, the, the take script the heat now? for once. One time, right? How are you? I'm good. How you feeling, man? I feel good, man. You know, I feel healthy. You know, things are moving in the right direction. Yes. I'm excited about our next interview. But yes, I- I'm feeling healthy as well. I, I have, I have this uh, all natural uh, beard oil. You know what I'm saying? 100% natural product. Uh, it's also 100% vegan. It's called Wukuda. Shout out to Wukuda Beard Oil Company. What, what happened? You know, it's so crazy. <laughs> they pay you to do this. They don't pay me nothing. That's crazy. And the thing is, you hear all these rumors about me, but look, you're making bread. Gee, <laughs> oh, 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 why would you do that? I'm just saying. And like, you tried the product. Yeah, I feel good. It's, you know, don't lie. They they didn't pay you extra for that to say you, feel, you didn't feel good. You can't even feel it instantly. <laughs> That's not instant gratification. You see my joint growing already. I already yeah, feel yeah, like. Do you get drunk? Yeah, yeah. Let me watch. Not, yeah, let me learn from you. Now that's it. That's it. I just wanted to say shout out to Wakuda uh, Beard Oil Company. You know, I joint already grew like uh, in the last half an hour. You already... sure that's all? Oh, oh. How can I forget? I got man. Shout out to I Pray Clover Line. Uh, real I Pray on Instagram. You know, I got this lovely uh, ensemble here. I got the you know, got the slides. It's comfortable. I'm at home. I'm comfortable, man. You know. Uh, how you doing though? You good? What's going on? Don't touch me. <laughs> my, my my thing with you is that the fact is remains is that you get all these sponsors, you get all this love, and I don't get anything. And it bothers me. Listen, whenever whenever you're ready, man. You, no, you because come, they don't want to pay my price. Well, you know. Nope. My joint my joint my price is like this. Your price is like this. It's a little you know, it's a little that takes a little bit. <laughs> oh, just a shout out to your sponsors today. Shout out to them. But I definitely want to get, you know, we had our guests waiting. I definitely want to get into it. But how's the family? Dawson's Everybody's good. good. Also, want to shout out King Face one time, man. You shout out to King get, Face. Get, get well, well, King Face. Get yes, well, yes, King yes, Face. Yes, yes, I, I, that's the homie, man. You know what I'm saying? When, when, I, when I saw the post online, I, I was like, Oof. yeah. I had no idea that, you know, because I actually texted him like a few weeks ago and I, I didn't hear back from him. So I knew something was up. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, shout out to him and his family. Hope, you know, hope he, oh, I do know he will pull through it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been holding that secret about King Face. <laughs> For like two months, two wow. three months, yeah. And you know, he asked me while he was in the hospital, "Yo, Flip, please do not, you know, uh, spread my business and stuff like that." And Respect. you know, it was hard, Respect. man. But you know, to hear that he's fine, not not he's not to hear. The only thing that bothers me, man. We, I mean, we're praying for him. The only thing that bothers me is that the people, because of his political beliefs and how he is, mm. they're choosing this time to attack him. And that's the little that's a little crazy to me. Like a lot of people talking bad about him and stuff like right. that. And you know what I mean. And you're gonna get that. All the time, but it's just a shame that somebody is in a coma, fighting for their life, and and you know, that's the time that we you shouldn't yeah. wish. Mm, I ain't gonna get into it. Yeah, but but shout out to King Face, man. Yeah. Get well soon, bro. You know what I'm saying? Get well. I know you're gonna beat it. But G Money, yo, episode one six six, nigga, we made it. We got a special Ooh. guest. Walked in he here. don't like to be called an OG, but we're going to call him that anyway. <laughs> OG. Walked in here smooth, too. Smooth, smooth operator. Operator. <laughs> Ooh, sharp. Sharp. Ah. 
sharper than Gillette. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you sharp, man. Oh, he's smiling. He too might, much. he might get it. He cool off the <laughs> outfit. Off, off the outfit that. alone, do he might get it. He cool get, he out cool. the gate. <laughs> Melvin Farmer, a bill around applause one more time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How man. are you? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Thank Be- you for having me. But before we get to it, can you tell us who you have in the building with you today? Ah, oh, man, I got my senior reader, my lovely daughter, Melanie Farmer, little Melvin. Oh, nice, nice. Welcome, my baby, out here. Let it experience this. Okay, and then who else? Who's the people over there? Uh, I got my manager, Tim Tareen. Okay. Uh, Artist here, rap artist, Brooklyn Batman. Got my man, GS, right here. Got the poetess right here and got your staff right there. Okay. Wait, 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 hold it. Where's my little young homie at? Hey, hold on. We got the use to what we educate. We start from the tiny boppers that Mm. come. Yeah, come on, Seymour. Now, let your little fella up in here. Come on up in here. So we got them. We started all ages. Okay. We don't set trip. We set trends. Oh, mm. nah. come on. Come no, 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 no. He doesn't deserve it. He's too fast. That's too fast. That's too fast. Uh, it's early, but yeah. Gee. All right, I'm, I'm going to give one more, one more time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'll win. I'll win. So, so, so how you doing, man? Oh, but I'm doing Welcome. fine, man. Okay. But really, honestly, it's, it's really an honor to be here, though. Oh, thank you I'm, very I'm much. It means a lot. Uh, are you in New York a lot uh, back in your days? Well, you said you Well, I've been years. coming to New York, but frequently I've been coming about, what, every 90 days? About every really? 90 days. I wow. work with entertainers, Joy Badass, uh, oh. Fabio. Fabio? Yeah. Okay. We all interact, uh, this man, so we're trying to make something happen. Oh, so you're going to let your nuts hang just like that? Just show oh, over there. We're going to see where other people see who's hanged the longest. Oh, How about that? Oh, <laughs> How about that? How about that? He got it. He cool, man. Ah, (laughs) We can't deny that. He's too good already. Well, 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 before we, you know, get into the meat and potatoes, let's, let's, you know, we like to go back in the beginning, you know, where everything started at. Yes. Um, So, you know, if you can, just let the people who don't know who Melvin Farmer is, let let everybody know, you know, who you are and where you're from and give give us a brief, uh, you know, overview. Well, my name is Melvin Form. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Uh, I served over 30-some years of my life in prison. Uh, at the age of 13, I was uh, running around with the Crips, uh, the West Side Crips, Tookie, Raymond Washington, these guys. Uh, by the way, none of them made it past 30, 24. And uh, by the age of 15, uh, broke from the West Side Crips, and we started what is presently known as Gangster Crips, a Trey Gangsters. Uh, and from there, uh, we went to a, I had two eras, because I also was a number one ranked basketball player oh, while I was gangbanging. Talk about it. So I had to make a choice between the corners or the courts, and I choose the streets, mm. whereas a lot of my friends uh, went on to pro uh, careers or whatever, whereas we went on and had a career as uh, starting in the juvenile justice system, right. then graduating to the adult <clears throat> system, uh, and then going from there uh, to where I was uh, 94 after the 92 riots. Uh, they put me under surveillance, set me up, and I got uh, 25 years plus a consecutive sentence of life as one of the first 
up under the California Three Strikes Law in 1994, got a reversal in 97, wrote a book predicting mass incarceration in 98 uh, called The New Slave Ship, A Ship That Does Not Sell. And from there I've been doing uh, civil rights uh, uh, activism and leaderism and bringing awareness uh, for about 23 years now that a lot of people don't really know about wow. or serve the people. That's a lot of stuff you you know you, you did in your time, man. So we're gonna we're gonna go back a little bit. Being that you gave us an overview, let's go back now and tackle it from beginning to end. The, the whole story, you know what I'm saying? So let's go back. Born and raised in L.A. Yes, sir. What part? West Los Angeles. West Los Angeles. And you uh, <clears throat> you grew up with both parents, yes. Mm-hmm. Mother and father. Mother and father. What did they do? Working parents. Uh, uh, both of them worked. Cause that era, '69, '70. Uh, when I was uh, 12, 13, 14, most parents had, uh, families had two parents' homes. And it wasn't no drug addiction, wasn't no gang activity. But also my parents didn't know I was sneaking out that back door. Mm. So a lot of times you think that it's the parenting and that parent can't be around 24-7, particularly when you got two parents working. So that gives them an opportunity. I hear so much about this how much a parent uh, can make an outcome and a difference, and they can, but them streets is, can suck you up if there's nobody giving them love and their attention. The streets gonna give them what they lacking. Mm. So when when you said so, do you think that because your parents worked so hard and and you had did you have did you consider yourself having a lot? Did, first of all, did you have siblings? Yeah, I had two sisters, so younger sisters. sisters. Okay, and then do you feel like by them working so hard, um, they wasn't really home that much, so it gave you that opportunity, or were they, you know, like, what What was it? No, it wasn't that. Uh, they couldn't, I played sports year-round, okay. baseball, football, basketball at St. Andrews Park. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember in that era, they don't have all this that you see now, social media right, and course. all this. They didn't have no gangs, shootings, uh, 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 homelessness, uh, drugs and all that. These are people that basically migrated from down south. Hmm. Most of the parents of these kids in L.A. from 50 on down, their parents came from Mississippi and they migrated. So during the 70s, Parents didn't know, they might have witnessed what they were seeing. Like, my mama can tell history and won't even know it. Like, she can say, I remember in 72 when Melvin was sneaking out the house wearing a red Pendleton coat. But colors wasn't even out. And that would show you. In 72, they wasn't bleeding blue or red. It was a cross earring. So my mother knows and people that witnessed it witnessed a lot of history and they didn't realize what they was doing as opposed to now where a family member might have been a gang member, then the next family member. And now it's like a tradition where you're born into royalty. So it's a big difference from the 70s all the way until the 80s when the internal fighting started, Crip on Crip. And that's when things changed to where it is now. Mm. Mm. But I, when we was doing our research, I heard when you talked about, you said that uh, you saw about your father, you said that him and your mother, he used to uh, hit your mother, yes? Yes. And um, when 
I guess one day you got it. Can you tell us that story? Like, can you? Uh, one day, I was probably 14, 15, or 16, and uh, I heard my mother hollering, and uh, I heard slapping. And then I realized it was my father hitting my mother. So uh, I had a pistol on me, and I waited in the hallway, and I placed it up on his heart, and I said it just like I'm going to say it again. If I ever hear my mama cry like that again, I'm going to have to use this. And I walked off. My mama never knew that story till I told her, what, a couple of years ago. But he never touched her for 40-something years, and she mm -hmm. couldn't figure out why till I told her. That's what I told him. So that's how that go. Was it, but you said it wasn't no drugs, it wasn't, was he? It wasn't alcohol or nothing. It was just who he was, or his character. Well, a lot of times those men coming from that days, mm -hmm. they they worked hard, but okay. they come home, they drink. My daddy used to carry me on his shoulders to crap games, and that's the type of things like uh, we have family softball games. My family, they only interacted with our family. I'm basically the black sheep of the family. Well, I moved outside the box. So uh, uh, there was no drugs and nah, none of that played no role. So, but that was just what he wanted to do. What was it that he just was a, a guy that well, was yeah, young? Well, you got a lot of men, particularly that era that I'm starting to realize where a lot of my friends that do shows like uh, Care Mac and other shows where they tell their life stories. And all of them have a common denominator where there was some type of abuse or mental uh, challenges going on, and particularly amongst authority when a stepfather might try to tell him what to do or that like that. So a lot of them had resentments toward the father uh, uh, abusing the mother. Mm. A whole lot of my friends, and actually I know a couple of them that went on and killed their daddies at an early age, 14 and 15. But but I'm asking you that in retrospect, since you know you got old and you be able to to look at it, what do you think is is from? Where is that? Like where does that come from? If you understand the abuse, did I he can't go speak it? on because I don't abuse, so I can't speak on mm. uh, what somebody else abused. That would be for a counselor or something. That ain't my area. But that's out, over man. my pay grade. Hey, yo, don't talk about no counselors like that. Don't try to make no jokes like that. Yeah, it would be for a counselor. Yeah, no I can't good. answer that how my father did it. I just know I'm not accepting it. Mm. Mm. Was he surprised? Was he upset at you? No, let me tell you. He respected it because he know it must have hurt me. And he felt, he didn't know, he didn't know I heard it. So... He never said nothing. He never held it against me. I think he respected me more so after that. Like another time, uh, we used to have a dog. He'd go get a dog in a minute. And the dog wouldn't let nobody feed him. But he gonna make my sister just fight the dog to feed them. No, that can't. So there's a lot of things like that. But in retrospect, when he died, I cried a month. Hmm. Cried a month. Didn't have no money, had to go and get it. Didn't have no insurance, but I went and got that money and paid fifteen, twenty thousand for his burial. Hmm. So it wasn't nothing, but I just don't like to see my mama cry. Cry, got it. 
Got it. So at what age did you start, you know, uh, getting in the streets and, and, and getting, getting in trouble and things like that? 13. 13? Do you remember the first time what made you want to, like, who put you on to that? Well, I was hanging around, uh, tooking them. I knew his sister them, but as far as the criminal element, uh, I had, like, Michael Christian that he ended up being an uh, uh, eight-time runner-up in the Olympics. You had Melvin Hardy. You had Monk. You had uh, Tony Brock. You had Babyface. You had James Miller. Russell. All these guys are founders of all the sets that ever started that you hear about now when we broke off. And so I started off uh, stealing and this and that, but I'm also playing sports because I never asked my mama for no money. I never, I'm not the type where I ever went and snuck a quarter to go get an ice cream. I never touched my mama purse. Never have I stolen nothing. And I started dressing myself uh, at 13 and then uh, we started at the age of 14. I was robbing ice cream trucks or armored trucks by the end. Mm. And uh, then I had a buddy named Philip McCain where he taught me how to sneak and get weapons without doing burglaries on how to go in the house and look to get pistols. Mm. And uh, Hold on, whoop. <laughs> Slow down. Talk very fast. I gotta, I gotta relax because he, you know, his voice is very melodic and, and soothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you said that you was robbing armored trucks or ice cream trucks at fourteen. Taking ice creams in the days. Yo, Melvin, I love you. You can go on and ask it, bro, oh, but oh, I guarantee I, I, you. See, and that's why we gonna talk because y'all mm. can't imagine it because y'all couldn't imagine in our era what we could get away with, you could you? Mm. Well, oh, we gonna get go. right because this yeah, ain't gonna yeah, be yeah. one where you gonna think you gonna because my word is my bond. Mm. I come off the top of the head. I don't hesitate. If I say I was robbing ice cream trucks or armored trucks, trust me, kid. I did it. I ain't telling you what I thought about it. Mm. Let's go. <laughs> I can take that. I, no, I, I, but I, I love you because you make you ain't meaning no harm. Yeah, That's no. your thing. Oh, I don't. So this is just fun. What, 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 so, 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 yeah, my fault. So you pull the mic a little closer. So what you're saying is you you started you started going outside and, and, and robbing and stealing because of this the sole uh, reason for you wanting to get it on your own and not and not want to ask mom and dad. That was our hustle. We didn't have no hustles where you go and sell dope, right. uh, do identity theft, uh, 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 none of that. You had to go take your money. But your parents worked hard. You could have, you could have, you know. My parents never seen me. The only time I came home was for dinner. It's <laughs> <laughs> she'll tell you. I come home for dinner, right. then I'm gone. And at that age, you was playing sports as well. Right. Got it. Got it. So, but you're you're doing all this stuff and. Were you, was it a bunch of you? And if it was, like, were you getting arrested at that time at a young age? Were you getting arrested for these things and mm -hmm. stuff like that? I had 50 arrests, 40 of them for robbery by the time I was 17. But they had a revolving door. When you get caught for a robbery, you get sighted home. We were 13, 14, 15. They didn't have no juvenile laws. I understand. So you can get away with that. You're only getting a year for a murder. Wow. I can't even show my friends because all of them are convicted. 
if you want to get serious. A year for a murder back in those days. That's what you got as a juvenile. That's why you got the juvenile fitness hearing that exists today around the nation. It didn't start till 75. That was behind these cats. Where you think it come from? Juvenile? No, I'm just saying. What I mean by that, when you dig deep, people think they're inventing something new hmm. when they actually, it ain't nothing new in this game. Hmm. They just get punished when we didn't. That's the only difference. They get 10 years for getting caught with a gun. We damn near get the gun back. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but, but, but I'm trying to figure out, if you had to describe how you were as a kid, like as far as like personality-wise, outside in the streets, how were you? Were you mean? Were you nice? Nope, nope. Never had a problem. Jokes. We kept it business. Uh, we never did nothing scandalous. My word been good. I ain't never robbed nobody. Never did nothing to the black. In fact, I ain't never been arrested for a black-on-black crime. How about that? Hmm. That's because I was robbing armor trucks, ice cream trucks. I was getting money. Mm. <laughs> you like that, don't you? <laughs> That's my partner right there. Yeah, he do. Yeah, he do. I, I'm, I'm more I of a like hater. Y'all. I'm more of a hater. Oh, I'm man. Man, 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 I wasn't dead, You better man. start being a regulator, man. Don't be a hater, man. Regulate, player. Don't hate. Regulate. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> he going to get two this episode, man. He going to get two. No, 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 no. That's understandable. I mean, back in the day. And back in those days, too, like, I could assume that, you know, there were, like, a lot of white and blacks, you know, the, the racist racism back in those days. Well, was it strong back then? When I moved from the east side to the west side, they were just starting to integrate. We was it was a lot of us that were the first whites so, uh blacks over there. Okay. Now as far as uh uh racism, the one school I went to, which was a white school over right, I lasted I think thirty minutes before the first class I supposed oh to went God. to to where they were pitching lagging quarters mm -hmm. and another white kid came and took everybody money but the white kids went and told them i did it i got kicked out of school went to jail and my mama didn't believe me and then they ended up going to juvenile hall and doing time for it wow now when it come to racism i felt it more so in the criminal justice system and by law enforcement when it comes to racism and the practices uh, that happen. Like, for instance, I'm on 20 years parole from an 80 year sentence where I just did five years in Georgia. But my hands was up, police shot at me. I don't get my day in court. I want to run for city council, I can't do it. So these are the things that I'm trying to bring awareness to for others and out here in Hollis. I'm part of a, a Code Black Coalition here. Uh, you got Pat Robertson, uh, VP of H&R Hot 97, but she's also executive director of the Colin Kaepernick campaign. You have Tim Tareen running for uh, 37th Street con uh, District uh, as a, a, a candidate. So we're trying to put down and implement something to where Hollis, Queens, and this Queens area could be the prototype across America as we go on into these pivotal last few months to where we need to start educating and get the uh, uh, voters and the youths and the blacks and us to come in and start helping. So that is one of the things that I'm out here for. Mm. Uh, to come and try to help restore that. Mm. So, 
Raymond and Tookie, you were friends as kids. And do you remember when they, they started the Crips? Do you remember that time? Yes, and what sir. Made them, and what made them start it? Because it wasn't no Crips and Bloods back in the days, of course, as we all know. And well, they started it. You know, what, what it, was the motivation behind that? I can't speak on motivation because when I was 13 around them, you have to remember they were 17. So Raymond uh, started the Crips in 69. Raymond is the original founder. They should acknowledge that. But a lot of times Raymond, uh, 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 history is tainted because he was in prison at an early age in 72, 73, 74, 75, when this was starting to get uh, 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 dominant. Because at that time, it wasn't. Now as far as Tookie, him and Tookie met. Uh, actually, the East Side came to a record hop, and they got into a fight. And that's when the merger of the East Side, West Side, and Compton Crips uh, emerged. Those were the three factions. But as far as uh, ever hearing, like, some Custer speech about we shall overcome or we going to do it, no, that ain't how the get down was. Never no talk like that. Hmm. And and because Raymond was in jail, a lot of people give the credit you know, they to Tookie. Well, so. Tookie was the Clark Gable, the face. Mm-hmm. Raymond, uh, who I started being hanging out with after he got out, was different in character in mm-hmm. Tookie. Whereas Raymond, we might go get some money any type of way. And Raymond wasn't the type that would be kind of He's more down to earth, not so much like Tookie was over, but Tookie is an imposing figure. And uh, I don't see him do some things that defy gravity. But with uh, Raymond, he was a nice guy. Uh, a couple of days before he got killed, we had been together. And a couple of days before Tookie had got arrested, I told him to leave that facility. I think this dude's a snitch. A couple of days later, they went and arrested him. And uh, he got executed. He never made it back. So both of them uh, were pretty cool cats. But they weren't the type a lot of people said and think they were leaders that said, go kill this, go kill that. I never seen them one of them with a gun. They were fighters. It's the younger ones, the first group in 72, that started what they pretty much do today as far as culture-wise when it comes to pure gang activity, not where you know drug dealer and you're not active, but you're claiming crip. I'm talking about those that's coming to make it the candlestick maker or to have your face on the T-shirt. Those are the gang members. Tookie Nim never advocated that. So many people, oh, they did this. Tookie Nim ain't never had a gun. It was the 13s, the 14s, the 15-year-olds that could get away with that, and took them were the face, and the gunners would be in the back. And then they caught on to that. So a lot of times the myths that they portray these guys and the bad things, Tookie worked in the halfway house where he ran a boy's home in 73, 74, 75. People don't know that. And then they shot that up. That's when he got shot. So Tookie had changed his life around, and he wasn't, Tookie, he had never been to prison till that arrest. 
He wasn't headed that way, and that's when you abuse drugs, and a lot of times you'll use the drugs that'll make you go and do something else, and then when you wake up, you won't know what hit you. But he was convicted of the murder of four people, during, you know. He didn't do, but one of them he had, where three of them, which is Tony Sims, Bam, mm -hmm. and Blackie. Blackie got out of state released, out the country, for testimony because he was from Canada. Bam got life without, took he got the death penalty. Then you had three murders at a hotel where I can get the people who were involved in other situations with the man that ended up telling on Tookie to even get him involved where it's contrary to what other people are speaking on pertaining to the other three murders. So if he wouldn't have had those other three murders and only would have that one murder, then he would have probably not been on death row. And I can unequivocally say he didn't do the other three because Tookie met the people who told on him through me. And that was in 73. So, and I saw that you, got, you went to, so somebody told him, the guy that you went to his house or something like that, you went to this house? Or? He was staying at a house, and if you read the transcript, they say they went in the house and found a shotgun where somebody told him it was under the bed and it was used in the murders because the only way you can trace a shotgun is with the shell. Yes. Or else you won't. And they found a shell at the scene, which came out of a robbery in, at the Big Five in Inglewood in Los Angeles that was traced, and that goes back prior to the murders uh, when those occurred. So mm. Tookie couldn't have been nowhere had those uh, special bullets. Tookie never had possession of them, but I know who did have them, the same one that told on him. The guy? Yeah, he did the robbery. So who would you infer gonna keep the bullets, Tookie or the person who got all the weapons, because he was older than us, so when they did the robberies and stuff, we'd give it to him to sell. We weren't old enough to go sell nothing. We didn't know where to fence nothing at no 17, 18. This man, 35, 40 years old at this time. So the the, the, the guy who told on him, his name was James, yes? Mm-hmm. And cause I saw something where you visit his home or something like that. You went to, did you go to... His home or Tookie home, I was confused. Well, that's where he was rested at. But actually, they family raised her brother, which is my son, Melvin Farmer. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how tight we were. Understood. They first came. James Garrett, uh, actually, they say he come from out the prison riots at Attica uh, and came down there. And they family raised my family. So we have ties to where... They just sent my son something because he's in prison, uh, didn't listen. They want to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. So we're still all interacting, and uh, 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 we don't hold no, I don't, because they family and us are like this. And what the father might have did has nothing to do with everybody else, and that's how it should be. And maybe if people would back up off and quit every time somebody say something and most of them don't know nothing and let them go, then people can get closure. Because there's a lot that's not closure on, on that case. Because if it's proven that Tookie didn't do it and uh, could have been exonerated because right before he was executed, his whole lawyer team came and closed the prison down to get my affidavit because they knew I knew what happened. And the uh, governor aired 
or the Supreme Court erred in their decision-making when they executed. He should have been granted a stay until they heard what I actually had to say, as well as the other ones that are willing to come forward now. Arnold Schwarzenegger at the time. Yeah, but it's really more so the governor's hands were tied. Once you get that far into the death penalty where he only has, he can make a decision, you have to go into the courts and file a writ or something to postpone it. And that would have been up under uh, new evidence because I was presenting new evidence and the Supreme Court and the courts aired and it probably cost a man his life. That I can guarantee you. Where's James? Uh, he's uh, He died of a heart attack. Mostly everybody involved in that are pretty much dead now. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you feel like that, you know, even though you, you go with his family, so whatever their father did has nothing to do with... Mm, I still so, talk to him. Understood. Mm-hmm. Do people, like, bother his family about that? No. Okay. Mm, yeah, no, most people don't even know him like that because they've been around so long. They're a good family. Respect. Uh, yeah, with respect. Uh, and they daddy, let me say this, though. He wasn't no buster. He was something else. He's a piece of work, real piece of work. He ain't play no games. None. So so now, you know, they, 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 start, they start the Crips. You know, you join it, right, at that time. And what was, and what was the set that they were at the time? In, in- you only had West Side, East Side, and Compton. West Side, East Side, Compton, and Compton. All right. And then... You branched off. Tell us about the branch off and why did you branch off? Well, what happened was the first set to branch off was called the United Underground, UGs, which they ended up being underground, but it was United Underground. Mm-hmm. I had went to jail for a pistol again and got right back out. But this time, see, in our era, we never got attacked. I never, none of my friends ever been killed unless it's by internal to where something don't happen between us and they sell it. But other than that, the Crips of the 70s never got where they come to attack us. Mm-hmm. We had to go and engage them. Just like you seen when I said I went to 16 high schools. People think that's impossible. Y'all, you don't see it. You have uh, rappers that go on tour. Am I correct? <laughs> Matt... Uh, NASCAR, they go on the circuit. In our era, the Crips went to high schools to engage. If I go to Manual Arts, I know I'm going up there to fight some brims. That's all that's there. It ain't no Crips. Mm -hmm. So that's why I got my equalizer, and we're going to go up here and we're going to get it on. I need to know where you're from. And that's what's our get down. You might go to Dorsey High, they get out at 135. Now we're going to go to Crenshaw High, they get out at 2, where the Van Ayers boys at. Now we're going to go to Inglewood at 3, where the Inglewood family at. And we're going to engage them. So, so, so earlier you said um, you can't speak on why, you know, these guys started the crypto. But what, what's your perception on why the, the game actually started? I don't even, because you hear so many things. I just look at it like what got me into it. Mm-hmm. I grew up and watched them as it started progressing to that. And uh, it was like a camaraderie ship because it ain't nothing. You ain't crypt until you can be all together, all together. Three things was going on then, soul train, gang banging, and pot blocking. 
those still staples of America. They're mm. still talking about Soul Train, that mm. which just coming, and prop locking. And that later on invented the Crip Walk. Because how are we going to pop lock as gangster Crips or something and we jumping all around? That ain't going to look too cool, huh? Nah, going to look like a stripper, really. So I'd rather <laughs> Crip Walk and do a little bit of that. So anyway, man, you're killing me, Larry. <laughs> uh -huh. So anyway, though, man, uh, when I come back from out of Juvenile Hall, because you couldn't do what you could do to a stranger neighborhood. Like, I couldn't do what imply my trade on 83rd, and I know everybody. So that's how people go. I go up into the hundreds and sell my oats. I don't know nobody up there, so I can do what I want, and vice versa. So when I get back out, now Monk don't start at Underground. Melvin Hardy don't start at Block. O'Neal them got 111. And uh, Tony Brock don't start at Watergate. But I'm not from out the hundreds. I'm from the 80s. But now they're starting to kind of like tell them what to do. And that's when, now uh, we got our own crew. And those that with me, we broke back. And uh, I named us Gangster Crips. And then when I, we realized we stayed on 83rd, we locked it down to eight trade Gangster Crips. And then when Hoover came out, we took them in this 83 Hoover Gangster. And it went on down the line. And then when the murder happened in 1980, that split, that divided them where you're going to be with us, the gangsters, and they umbrella, or you're going to be up under the neighborhood umbrella, and that's where they stand at today. What murder are you talking about? Hmm? You said when the murder uh, The murder of Big Rick from the Rolling Sixties, Tyrone, who I knew, and that's what started the breakup to where they divided. That was the big one. Other than that, uh, usually a homicide that happened amongst us was internal, and that would lead, but it would end at that. But that murder there that happened in uh, 1979 and started escalating, that was a 40-year war that basically mellowed out a little bit after Nipsey Hussle, uh tragic death. That was the first time Gangsta Crips or any affiliates of us, them, had ever been over on Slauson and Crenshaw in 40 years. So that was historical. But the problem is this. They had all these gangs there to New York, to gangs, to where they could have really created dialogues against, with those that are community influencers. But then man politician, nobody come and offer them or even interview them. They let it die down, the flame and then you're right back to where you're at. And that ain't right. So those are the areas that I try to correct because it's a lot of times senseless gun violence can be addressed, but you just overlook it. I call it poor, passing over opportunities repeatedly. Hmm. You cannot think that you sitting on a mountain, I don't care if you're a celebrity, actor, rapper, and think you're gonna dictate the streets. You have to have a voice from the streets that would be close enough to know and had a ear to the ground to know that uh, uh, the elderly are mad because uh, in a white community all the ATM machines uh, work and four out of five R's don't work. Who do we go to? I don't heard them say that. That's a shame. Or Melvin, 
uh, a peeping time been looking in my window at my daughters while I go to work, and I've been calling them, can you do something? And I got to go there, file a complaint, and then have them go. These are the type of oversights that need to be brought out and, and, and called out on, oversight. The closest elected officials need to be held responsible. It ain't no youth's fault. Everybody always knocking youths this, that, 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 that. They ain't got nothing. There's no resources, no jobs, but you want them to turn their only source of maybe protection and income, their pistol, in for a concert ticket. That ain't going to happen. So we have to do something to be more innovative and updated to help our communities because our biggest assets is us. So you, you feel like the, uh, the these councilmen and people in power in, in position should be more um, should engage more with the people in the streets to, to kind of know what's going on and, and, and to help the community better? They, Yeah, I'm positive they do. Be, well, in California. Okay. I, I can't speak for here. Right. But usually uh, they all flock together because it ain't no coincidence, and it's the truth. Most in the cities that are having the most trouble are run by Democrats. Ain't, no, ain't nothing fake about that. Mm. I know a Democrat where... Uh, 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 not a Democrat. I don't even want to go into parties because, like I say, I don't care who president when you don't have to pay taxes. It don't bother me because I've never been a taxpayer. Mm. I've been a tax burden. So I'm objected to where I just call them like I see them. I don't care. And uh, a daycare center got shot up. Seven shots fired. Kids running. You'd have thought it was a fire drill. And if you see the video I got, and if I show it, it'll end his career. Mm. Oh, it would. I guarantee you nobody. And it ended the ones that endorsed him because I notified him of this. In fact, Joey Badass was going to donate the money to buy the cameras because they wouldn't do nothing. That's how deep it was. So I tell him, man, we got a problem where they're coming up here shooting at these schools, at this daycare center, and these kids here. Why don't you just put a camera in here? Right. They never responded. I watched the police sit there and just scrape up the shells in a dustpan, never asked nobody what happened. But more importantly, they told staff, don't tell the parents what happened. And then they had a big town hall meeting and covered up the bullet holes so nobody would see him. Mm. And I've been letting him go. But you know who I'm talking about. And if you don't get it right, I'm coming. Hold on. So, so you can't, you don't want to say his name? Oh, they know who I'm talking about and he know who I'm talking about. I don't have to say it because I've said it before. Mm. And I think I'm going to run for that seat. How about that? What seat is that? Eighth district. How about that? Nah, mm. you can put two and two together. Huh? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm only, I could have been quiet, but I'm gonna help you because you're a player. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna fade you fair. A fair bet is a fair bet. Now you figure it out. <laughs> so, so, but he's not doing his job. Basically, he's not. Nah, doing well, the job, he's not. Shit he's up. not doing due diligence. Mm. How about that? Mm. Because there's been other dissidents, not with him, but with other ones. 
to where they'll keep it up under the rug. Why wouldn't you hide it when you're getting millions of dollars for intervention and prevention and getting on TV saying crime going down and everybody's shooting around you? You're going to keep it hid. That's a problem. What happens? When Hitler controlled the Jews, mm -hmm. didn't he drop propaganda and leaflets? Because that means he controlled the dialogue. So if you got the only black newspaper in town, they mean they got the power to only show one candidate what the police want. They got pretty good political power as far as what's going on in that city. And that's what happens a lot to where they sit and they underscore what be going on and jump up something like you'll have 15 murders up the street from you and you'll cry about somebody over in Anchorage, Alaska. Can I can I ask you a question? Can I you know well, that was one, but can I say something? Um, so, what is this man's job as being a council district? You know, eight eight seat district. What is his job? What is he? You know, because I see his name right. Mm -hmm. Is Marquise? Is that him? Oh, I don't know. I can't hear. I don't speak that language. Oh, right. <laughs> well, I say I say for myself. Well, um, if it is him. What would his job be to serve the community? Because, you know, I'm kind of, what would his job be? What can he do better? Well, I'm not going to sit and say what he can do better because now it's not the time to sit and try to criticize. And if I had him, he can sit right here and we could go head up. Now, why don't you do that and invite us both? And then that way I don't be behind nobody back. Okay, what, what would you be able to do for the community if you had that seat? Bring resources. Like that. I would go when it come to public safety. I would attack three areas. Mm. The juvenile justice system, parks and recreations, and schools. You know why? Why? Because that's where you got the most troubled of youths that are right at the breaking point of making decisions mm -hmm. in life. But his background is not your background. He doesn't have... He hasn't been through what you've been through, nor does he have the knowledge that you have. Assuming, I don't know, he looks, I don't know. No, Mike Steve's it's a good guy. But that doesn't mean you know the streets. For instance, I don't believe nobody that sits high up on the office can ever, and it's not Marquis' fault. Let me, let me rephrase. Let me put that. It's more so those that got their ears to the ground that see what's going on and not doing their diligence into getting that to him because he sits behind the office. I give him that. But it's a lot that go on in there to where it should be uh, 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 looked into. But as far as that, I would address public safety, mm -hmm. homelessness, uh, uh, education, but I also would introduce a new something called inner city stress syndrome. And I have to go back and repeat, he doesn't have the, you've been out there and, and you've been in the field, you've been around. You damn near started <laughs> a big movement that 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 trickled out around the world. So I mean, they don't have the the knowledge and the understanding. I don't know how he grew up. He looked. He's from New York, I believe, from Brooklyn. Nah, nah where he from? Slow down. Whoa, no, whoa. no, 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 no. Look and see. I don't know. Don't do that. Don't say stuff like that. No, he, I, he's from New York, I believe. I'm about to Google it. Come on, don't do me like that, man. Come on. I do. And he's doing like he carrying it like I that. Too. Where he from? South, South Central. He raised in South Central. Who was his sister? 
But uh, but I, I feel like I feel like I feel like that. Me personally, I feel like you would, of course, a person like you would benefit because you will understand, and and a lot of people can relate to you. But you let me say this: the inner city things. A lot I of, wouldn't want that. Let me cut you before okay. I forget my thoughts. So sometimes I get selective amnesia. Sorry. Selective. I'm sorry. Play. It might come and go at my presence. <laughs> but uh 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 uh. I wouldn't, he's qualified for the job, and I told him this. But I say it's nothing wrong with, I won, he gave me an award for civil rights and serving the community the best. That's hard to do there. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get no job with it. What kind of shit is that? I get the award from all of them, right. but none of them give me a job. It would be to his best and let Melvin be an ambassador. I agree. Let him be, but they don't do that. I don't want him because I couldn't do what he do. He know about business. He, all of them know about other things, the area. But you could make me ambassador where Melvin could be the ears to the streets for you. You ever try to reach out to them? And, and, and they, one day when the 100 days, 100 nights, him and Karen Bass called me in and said, Melvin, we're going to try to find $500,000 to hire you and your friend to help stop this gang violence. Mm -hmm. Once we helped knock it down, they gave the jobs to somebody else. Mm. This is the type of games that go on. I mean, I get it. I feel you being a little nice, though. I am because and, and, and I'm not... I, And I like you. I like you a lot. I feel your energy, but you're being a little bit too nice. I can't go hard in the paint because... I can go hard for you. You can go I'm hard for me because if it go from an issue to a problem, it's going to have to be eliminated. I, 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 so well, I'm going to go soft. Well, 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 I'm riding you can go you. hard. I'm riding with you. <laughs> Thank My you. thing is that he went to Morehouse College. No disrespect to him. That's a good thing. He, he his family moved. I just read it. His family moved him, you know, to protect him from gangs and police. So he moved at a young age, right? He's forty nine years old. You are, I don't know how old you are, but I, I looked it up. You are OG for real. I feel like the wise thing to do is to hire somebody or bring somebody on who is to the streets, who the people or the kids will look up to, who can be able to relate to these kids. If you're not going outside the streets, you can't relate to them. They're not going to listen to you, and you're not going to make an impact, and it's going to look bad. It's going to put a blemish on your record. It's going to make your jacket look crazy. That's what. That's how I feel. So I feel that getting you would be a, an amazing idea. I don't know why he wouldn't do that. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand the politics, to be honest, but I think that a person like you would be beyond qualified. So you want to be nice? Oh, equal. I don't give up about not nah, nah, equal, but still, man. <laughs> but nah, but what, what he nah, said? Nah, I don't care. No, about what I'm saying, monkeys. I'm saying what he said is what they did. Like nah, they, they, they they had him come in and and uh, stop a lot of the crime. But and they then, cheated. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They they they, they didn't. The full time Jack move. Exactly. That ain't cool. So it's not like he's trying to stay in position. He he, he don't want to put him in his spot because he he'll probably come in and take over the whole office. So Ooh. it's like let's, let's bring him in, let's have him help us out, and then push him back out. That's what's not they did. You know what I'm saying? Jack move, like you said. Yeah, but look, yeah, yeah, they, and they they talking about the uh, the thing for the home. He ain't talking about the streets. I don't see anything. But I see something about the homeless. You know, building something. You know, housing for the homeless people. But I don't see anything about the streets. And I think the idea you said say it again. You said something about the uh, the stress relief. What did you say about in the, inner city stress center? I think that's I, inner city stress center. I think that should be a condition for all those in these pockets of poverty that Obama called them or red infested Baltimore like Trump called them but they're all the inner cities across America. I think that should be a new mental illness uh, uh, description for kids that are raised in these environments where they're waking up uh, subjected to uh, dead bodies when they walk to school, being bullied at school, not being able to go to the park, being pressured. Mm. 
you can't help but be psychologically or mentally challenged growing up in there. I've been in a community where the kids don't trick or treat for the last 10 years because of gunfire. That's sad. You don't do the kids like that. We're not giving them a chance to grow, man. I don't like that. You, you, and you. Well, I feel you, cause. But do you feel like if you was to get in that position or get in position, I think you'd be outside. You'd be on the You'd be on the front lines. But I would create an ambassadorship to where you bring uh, other people in, of course, and let them bring their factions in, and then create dialogue to work together. Because you can sit and have. Uh, economical empowerment, but if you can't go ten blocks in any direction for fear of getting hurt, you ain't. It ain't gonna work. Mm. Once we can free ourselves, where I can walk freely amongst my people, and I ain't got to worry about the fourteen-year-old with his hands in the pocket, or the backpack, or the window coming down, or the gunshots just pulling by. And I ain't just talking about. I'm talking about whether it be by friend, family or foe, or those that even here to serve and protect us. I've been a, of an assassination attempt to where all those organizations or people have tried to kill me physically. So I don't have no distinction amongst uh, murderers that try to take my win. The only thing I judge a murder or a murder of somebody that loses their life is, is it justified? Did he threaten your life? Then it's eligible to take somebody's life. Like if I put $100 up and we shooting dice, you think you're going to win my $100 by putting up 50 You got to put up 100 Am I correct? So when you put up and threaten my life, you betting, hey, I'm going to take your life. So I'm going to match that bet and say, hey, I think I can take your life. And now that's a fair bet. But when somebody running away from the police or you're doing nonviolent offenses and then you still get killed, they wasn't threatening life, and that needs to be addressed, and that's why I address uh, uh, qualified immunity when it comes to law enforcement. They know that they can get away uh, with qualified immunity that gives them the opportunity to kill all men, women, and children with impunity, not just blacks. That gives them the chance to kill all once you don't comply. That activates to where they can say, I thought it seemed, it looked, it appeared, and that take away the intent. So one of my areas that I address on this Cold Back Coalition is police oversight. And one of the areas that they told me to attack and maybe write legislation is I want them to disqualify qualified immunity. So they'll say, well, how can you do that, Melvin? Easy. If you comply and your violations, and you're violated after you comply, and end up dead, beat up, that officer should be disqualified from having immunity, and the standard of proof should be dropped to the same thing that we would have to go through. Mm-hmm. That bar is too high of a standard. And until we address that, we'll be marching, they will, until their feet bleed. Do you like Donald Trump? I have no opinion of Trump, Pump, any of them, because it got nothing to do with me. Nothing, none, that nothing he got to do with me even matters. That's riding a dead horse down a dark canyon. Mm. Are you Republican? 
I ain't nothing. I'm just Melvin Farmer on the streets of L.A. here in New York <laughs> trying to protect and make my smart. baby proud. And smart, that's it. Smart, smart, Yo, so you, you had a, 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 wild, a wild life and you've been through a lot of stuff. Like what, when did you get to this Melvin that you are right now? When did you change to get this mindset or was it always there? No, well, this mindset changed. Well, I don't have three or four mindset changes. Okay. Usually after I come out of prison, right. then I figure out <laughs> which way I'm going. So gotcha. 94, 97 is really when I start realizing, because, you know, the number one deterrent for crime is age. As you get older, you mellow out. So now I don't got out from the life sentence, but I had a promise to keep. Because all the guys, since I was on a high level, all of them were lifers. Uh, they made a promise that I get out and don't forget about them. That's why I wrote the book, The New Slave Ship, and come back and get them. And because of my word and they having that in me, I went to doing civil rights, and I never stopped to get those that are still incarcerated up under three strikes for nonviolent offenses that are still there. So that's what made me change in that. Then I did about 10 years of hard work and didn't get paid. And that's when I drifts off and I start back to hustling. Then I just got off a 83 year sentence in Georgia where I'm doing parole now. And then uh, I'm off, I've been out seven years. I got 10 years left on parole from Georgia. And I started back to doing civil rights. But what happened is they don't pay me. I get burnt out and I leave it alone. Right. Now, how hard is it making that transition when you first started, like you being still young and having the influence of, of, of some of you know, the, the negativity in the streets? And like, like how, how hard is it to stay focused on the positive side to try to change the but mindset? When, let me say this. When we was young, I didn't have no influence over nobody because mm -hmm. we never had to ask nobody to join. It only was so many of us, a handful. Right. So it wasn't no, I'm going to tell you what to do. At 13, 14, you led by example, and then they followed. See, it wasn't no getting jumped in mm. in our era or saying this and that. You had to go pay your dues, blood in, blood out. So with that thing, I've never been the one that ever said, told nobody to do nothing. Actually, nobody really ever too much heard of me because I've been dormant to where other ones have been up front and I've been in the back. And because of uh, a couple of people uh, lost their lives natural, uh, I just stepped to the plate to tell my story and, and to help others, but also to bring awareness and show that there's a different way uh, other than to join this uh, out here in the streets. You can do better, you don't have to do that. And if I can change my life, then surely uh, uh, you can change your life. So at that age of 13 and 17, we weren't thinking about nothing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't nothing. We were having fun. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we were like family, uh, camaraderie ship. Uh, you had the soul train dancers where you might have the soul train uh, girls there at the dances. We danced them for $50. We going to watch stacks, watch festival. You got Michael Jack. You got everything. You could have so much fun. And then uh, uh, things start drying up. 
uh, the prisons. We start getting to be adults. The sentences start getting longer than the original guards that were there. They start being getting longer sentences, and that's when the younger, the next generations, and the next generations. You got five generations of uh, Crips and Bloods. So every 10 years, I say something changes as far as the culture. You know, we, we, we kind of uh, skipped over what I wanted to ask, but I'm going to go back to it. Mm-hmm. And I Sometimes I do that. No, it's all right. No, no, you, uh-huh. you know, you have a... Selected amnesia. Nah, that's all right. <laughs> I want to I ask you a question. Um, you got sentenced to, uh, you said 25? 25 years to life to plus life. a 10-year consecutive plus. sentence. Huh? Okay. Now, what did you do to get that sentence? I didn't do nothing. I can allege what happened. Yeah, please. They found $2.50 worth of drugs, and I got 25 years to life. That's my third strike. On the law that was meant implemented March 7th, 1994, I got arrested March 15th. My first arrest was $2.50 worth of drugs. So where did Melvin three strikes come from? Oh, that's right. They made a law that go backwards that punished me for what we just talked about. I did in 1973. The the, the, the ice cream trucks and the- all that, but all those they came and made it where they retroacted it Understood. and changed the meaning to where I couldn't have got but a year for these priors to where it's mandatory. I get life. Be honest, man. What you so you you had the drugs on you? Like what they bro? You? One thing an inmate. I'm not an inmate. I'm a convict. If I say I did it, I did. I've been arrested almost 50, 60, 70 times. Don't been to trial where it's been enormous evidence against me. When I say I did something, I never cried. But when I say I didn't do something, I don't get my day in court. Something had to happen. I had a life sentence, and I'm sitting here now. So that tells you something was wrong. Mm -hmm. I just come off another life sentence where they framed me. That's not impossible, bro, when you're on this list. Trust me. Every alphabet agency they don't have, I don't been up on the investigation. OSS, FBI, ATF, and been arrested by all of them. When I say I didn't do something, that's my word. But I don't get my day in court. I just got shot at with my hands up. My own attorney in Georgia threw away the tape that would have exonerated me, and I caught him. That's why I ain't on death row. I called in NAACP, didn't get the time of day. Ain't we making a bill, Tim? Behind that. So, who got real rights in America? What were you doing in Georgia? Hustling. Getting money. That's hustling. But they ain't got nothing to do where, no, no, but let me finish. But that ain't got nothing, it didn't have nothing to do with where you surrender. All it was was a fake credit card. So I ain't getting nothing but six months. I threw my hands up, surrendering. And they put three guns on me for 15 minutes at my forehead. And I finally told them, you playing this good old boy, either you're going to arrest me or you're going to have to kill me. Because I knew the camera was up there. But y'all wouldn't do that. See, I, don't, I ain't the one to sit and talk. I ain't scared of death. But something came over me where calmness came. And then I start thinking, I might get life. My mama going to be hurt. I might stay here. I think I hold court on the street. 
They call it suicide by police, by the way, mm-hmm. to where you know what you fit to do, you fit to get killed. So I couldn't, I can't let them violate me. I got to stand for mine. So it ain't nothing to laugh about where you get shot at, mm-hmm. and then your own white lawyer hide the tape, and then they go from the death penalty and still make you take 83 years, I'm on 10 years parole, can't go 50 miles, we had an ankle bracelet for a little years, and I ain't did nothing. And then you tell all these civil rights organizations, and I still don't get my day in court. Now, what's the, that's a problem. That's a big problem. So why I don't get my day in court? But everybody will jump when they see the police or somebody else where they can get some money. And these are the people that I speak for, the ones who voices don't get heard. The voiceless. They're voiceless. Got it. Can you, can you get into what happened that day? Yeah. To be honest, I knew some players that was on the Tennessee Titans, heavyweights. Mm. And I guarantee you, August 2010, Tennessee played Seattle on a Saturday night preseason. That Monday, I suppose they had been getting them stereo equipment and stuff, and these major ball players with multi-million dollar contracts. And I folks that went up there to the training center. So that day, we went to the Mall of America, something in Georgia, the biggest mall. Uh, me and two more boys that was from Indiana, they were GDEs to be exact, growth and development. I got them with me. So, but they young, so I'm doing everything. I see that the play ain't gonna be cool, so I go to the car. Actually, they let me leave to go to the car because they had the car under surveillance and some they knew what car I came in because they told me later on, uh, Melvin, we let you go to the car. So I said, you let me go to the car so y'all can pull the guns on me when y'all could arrest me in the store? He said, yeah. So when I get to the car running, they come behind me, they open the door. I got the car running, my foot on the brake, and I got my hands up. Got two girls standing here with two guns on me that end up being taser. You got three men with guns right here, right here, right here. And I'm like this 15 minutes, and we waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And finally I said, are you going to arrest me, or are you violating my civil rights Were you trying to show up in front of these girls? And I told them, you're going to have to pull the trigger or arrest me, and I'm leaving. But I couldn't quit looking from down the barrel of the gun because I didn't know they had surrounded me with other police cars because I couldn't take my eye off the pistol. So when I told them I'm leaving, I started putting my hand down and they started saying, don't do it, pulling, cocking the trigger. And I kept telling them, you got to do it. You got to do it. But my eyes opened and I threw the car in reverse, never closed my eyes. And I hit another police car, boom. And I thought it was a shotgun. And I ducked. I say, damn, they shooting at me from behind. Where'd that come from? I put the car in drive, and all the police had been knocked out the door. And then I could have hit them, and I veered to make sure I didn't hit them. And I crashed into a car. They shot, then they beat me up, and then I got charged with three counts of attempted murder. And they had the video. And then I told them the video would show everything that happened, that I was surrendering. And my lawyer went and got it and destroyed it and brought a fake one in. And the reason I knew that it might be fake because from robbing ice cream trucks or armored trucks, we knew about security. Mm -hmm. 
And I know at these type of establishment, they don't use no CD because you have to buy one every day to cover the parking lot. And I figured he made this, and I took a chance and say, I bet you they use like a Betamax or something where you can record after. And I called, did the research, and that's how I found out, and that's why I'm home. To keep, to keep recording. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yes. And that made me say, because when he brought the video, it wasn't nothing but smoke on there. I say, man, what is this? He'd say, that's the video. I'd say, no, 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 it couldn't be. And I called Christopher Darden. And I say, Chris, call up here and tell the prosecution you're monitoring that. And he called, and that helped me out a lot. That backed him up a little bit. But the only reason I ain't doing life and dying in prison is because my allegations were true. And so they took me to court, if you look, where I supposed to have started trial, and they kept canceling it. And finally, the, my lawyer run back there, you ain't going to believe it. You ain't going to believe it. I say, what? He say, they offered you a deal. I say, I know there is. After I go in there and tell what the hell you did, because he never let me in there to go tell the court. I told him, once I go in there to start trial, I guarantee you, your ass going to get it. And I had told the police, watch this. Call him a white nigga. He say, what? I say, yeah, you're a white nigga. Now what you going to do about it? You thought you was had a country bumpkin. And if I see his ass, we going to get it on. I don't give a damn. But today? Anytime. Try by oh, 12 or carry by 6. Oh, With on, his man. ass. No, but slow down. Nah, I mean on, this that. This your gate seat. You know, we, we, we worked before. <laughs> yeah. Calm down, calm down. Yeah, that you one know. there, he chapped my hide, though. He going to sit up there. And so why, knew, what, what was his reason for doing it then? Can they were covering up? up. That's a lawsuit. It is, a big one. And that's what he did. But why wouldn't he want to win the lawsuit? He worked for them. Gwinnett County is a... Uh, 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 a county where they run their own thing. Uh, uh, what you call him was there? Uh, Gucci Mane. He'll tell you about it. All I'm going to tell you, he did that to protect the police. And this courtroom where I went to has a history of destroying evidence. I got shot at, beat up, tasered eight or nine times, received an 80-some year sentence, I never cried, never said nothing, but that my lawyer and the tapes would show what happened. And he destroyed them on purpose. So I'm a survivor of black-on-black crime. I mean, not black-on-black crime, but police brutality, where I lived to tell about it Mm. and experience it. But I guess if I wouldn't have died, if I'd have died, then everybody would have been, hey, that's wrong. But now that I'm alive, I don't get my day in court, and I don't think that's that's fair. That's, that's, that's far from fair. Were you injured, the beat that they gave you? I ain't slept a whole night since. Hmm. Damn. So. Head try- injuries, tasered 10 times, Did- knocked unconscious. A girl named Mika Davis sent a, a doctor from California where she called and another person I was beat up so bad. Did you, um, so you received the 80 year sentence and how did you get overturned? Like what? It wasn't overturned. That made me 
have to take a deal because if I can't get no justice on the streets, what do you think if I'd have been found guilty, my chances of coming back on appeal would have been zero. Got it. So I had, the point is, I had enough to make them where they went from nothing to where I'm free. Got it. Or else I would be dying in prison. So you get two numbers in Georgia, a top number and a bottom number. Okay. 83 do 10, 80 D through 5. I got 83 do 20. So I don't did some of it, and I got to do the rest on parole. So that forced me to where he said, Melvin, well, we offer you 20 do 5. I figured if I got him like this, I could say 3. And because I did break the law by doing fraud, I figured four years was a fair sentence for that. See, I don't mind doing the time when I get caught. You do the crime, do the time. So I say I take three. But I figured they'd go in the middle and say four. And then they came back out and he said, you ain't going to believe this. You ain't going to believe this. Uh, 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 the judge is going to give you four. It's never happened before. I said, I know it ain't never happened because ain't nobody been caught doing what the hell you did. And he took me back in there and I had to take and swallow the soup. Uh, but in the, in the actuality, I shouldn't even be charged with nothing. I should be exonerated, and I should have had my day in court, right. uh, and my rights are still being violated. And this was 2010? 2010. Hmm. I've been out since 2014, and I've been up under, uh, uh, first it started off ankle bracelet a year, uh, twice a week visiting, don't go 50 miles, uh, uh, can't stay by yourself. All these things are the conditions that I'm still up under now, except for the ankle bracelet. So, okay, but let's... What did you get convicted of before that, 2010? Because you was in jail before that, yes? 2010, before that? Uh, 2010, 97. The last case I think I had was 97, when I got the three strikes. For the $2.50? Got it, got it. And then you came out. That's and, crazy. But, and no disrespect. I mean, you know, because in my mind, right, when you said scamming, I'm like, credit card scam back in, back in 90, and I, I thought that was boosted. I don't, I don't know. You said that, but it was what? 2010. The credit card, you said it was. He was advanced, cool. man. He was, he but was, I was doing credit cards in 2000. Of course, but what I'm saying initially, right, when I, when I, when I, I thought it was, for some reason, I don't know, I, I mistaked it for the 90s. Like, damn, yeah, he was advanced like that. Credit yeah, but they was advanced. Ice-T got a movie called Swipe. Were? We've been getting money. Ice-T and them, all of us went to school together. He got a movie called Swipe where they were jewelry store robbers, uh, credit card frauds. They some of the best. All them are my buddies who I was getting money with. I mm. told you, there's two parts to me. I quit gangbanging at 17 or 18. I started getting real money. From 17 till my mama just said, don't break the law. I ain't never had problems getting no money. Never. But now it's difficult because my mama said, don't break the law. I'm getting too old to work, too young for Social Security. So now well, I settled for question, that. Though, man. What, what, what you did with your money when you was getting it like that? Because you told well, me a lot of, I got. No, I don't, I, no it ain't no got. Oh, fast yeah. money go fast. Okay. What I mean by that, I work and only get three or four hundred dollars a week. 
but goddamn me, it feel like I get 3000 because I did it honest. And I don't blow it because I know I worked hard. And I respect But that. in my era, I know I can spend on blow and gamble. See, they wrap for the ice around their neck. We pull a heist for the dice. And then we shot dice. So don't get it twisted. He cool, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't get it twisted. Yo. So when we go and do a robbery, I might have my partner that don't rob the Steve O don't yeah, rob right. the Coliseum for eight hundred thousand. I might don't rob Fred Myers jewelry store. Now he got cash, I got jewelry. What you want? Man, put ten thousand up and let's shoot. And that's how we got out. Mm. That's how we got out in them days. Everybody go get their money hustling. You had uh uh the dope game coming out. Uh uh that was coming out in the late 70s. And then we'll hustle, and we'll come back and shoot dice. Uh, where's a $100,000 bracelet, shoot 10. That's the type of money they was getting. I had friends that robbed Tiffany Jewelry Store the first time in history for millions of dollars at the age of 17 or 18. And that's universally known. So mm. we was getting a lot of money back then. But I blew it because I gambled, I hustled. And I didn't have nobody telling me, Melvin, hey, buy a home. Hey, Melvin, do this. Like, Melvin, remember I had the four cars? Cadillac, Benz, Vet, Cherokee Jeep, all 1990, all paid for, standing in the rain trees, $3,000 a month, 40000 put up here, this, that. But my thrill is getting the money. Mm. That's what a jack would do. So you wasn't flashy type. You, you wasn't trying to buy all the Once jewelry got, and all the we take yeah, jewelry. She, I ain't had to buy nothing. We had it to wear here. <laughs> oh, that's it. Melanie. She I might call up. Melanie and say, close your eyes and hold your arm out. And what you get, Melanie? An arm full of money. Mm. <laughs> or a diamond mm. watch, remember? Two. Mm. That's how I do all my kids. I might just call them. How many children you have? Three. Two boys and my baby. Diamond watches. <laughs> Who, me? I don't wear them. I don't. No, 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 but you gave it, you know, diamond watches, all oh, sort of money. I don't had, well, I don't had pillowcases of jewelry. Uh, when my daddy was a janitor, mopping the floor, and he got a ring on every finger, real. So uh, they went one time to arrest Janet, my other son, mother, to where uh, they had told him I did a jewelry store robbery and said that she was wearing a ring up there. They went up to Learners, the FBI, to go arrest her. Because the same guy that told on Tookie told on me about the jewelry store robbery. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's how I ended up going to prison. We were shooting dice, and uh, they ended up raiding us, and I ended up catching a case. I went to prison in 79 for the Fred Meyer jewelry store robbery, in which uh, quite a bit of jewelry was taken. Did, did, did you did you uh, found guilty? You pleaded guilty? You pleaded? Uh... Yeah. I had to. It was four of us. Well, they caught me with the jury. So, uh, he, so you can tell us a story. How, how, how it happened? As far as that? On what? The robbery? Yeah. How we did the robbery? Yeah. Oh, you like that old kind of old mystery ass shit. <laughs> I'm going to give you some mystery <laughs> 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 You like that old mystery? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what happened, man. This is how we used to do it. I like this guy. 1979, I went to a halfway house in February. They had three jewelry stores around there where I was going on day passes. I had robbed them already. 
So now we're venturing out because now I got jewelry to where we can go to Beverly Hills and all of us put jewelry on and we'll look like money. So they'll push the door to let you in or else you wouldn't be able to get in. So we dressed all up. We don't carjack somebody for a photo Cadillac. So we ride in the Cadillac hot. Diamond in the back? Sunroof top. I ain't gonna forget nothing you live, I guarantee you that. So anyway, man, we sit out here and we never plan nothing. We just be driving and see something and hey man, let's go get that. So we go out there, got our jewelry on, knock. They buzz us in, it's four of us, and we go to the counter. This ain't, they, they were just starting where they bash and grab. We don't do that. We, we come with the sack, and you got to fill it up, and the sack must live once it leaves. So anyway, two of them got the sack. I got them looking, we looking, they open them, and they open, once they open it up, the safe was open, and once I say, I think I'll take this. Oh, you wanna buy this? No, I said, I think I'll take it. Then we draw down. One of them going to jump that counter, go in that safe, and another one going to put that down. And then we're going to go on this one. I had all the jewelry in one bag. So like I say, once we do a robbery, the motive is for the sack to live. So I jumped out, went to UCLA, called somebody to come pick me up, and that's how we got away. Then I met everybody with the sack because they know I ain't going to go in the jury. See, we had a crew where we don't worry about stealing, taking pieces. That's how tight-knit we was. And then we take the jury, divide it up, probably start shooting some dice, and that's how we came about it. Mm -hmm. But the person that picked me up, I didn't tell them what I did because they was hanging around Big James Garrett. And I didn't want them to say Melvin did this. So I was quiet and a ring fell out. We was right on Crenshaw and Lamert and a $10,000 ring woman's fell out. And she say- Bend the mic forward. And she say, y'all robbed the jewelry store, didn't you? That's why you had come to me to get you. And so I said, here man, I'ma give you this diamond ring, but whoever asks you where it come from, don't say my name. She said my name. They went and told the police, and they came and cracked me. Big James told the police, didn't he? No, I don't know. All I know well, is I, I went, no, 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 no. no. I'll tell you, all I know is I was riding with my partner while, because the dice, remember I told you we were shooting dice, mm -hmm. and they wasn't hidden. So I said, man, I got to go get me some more dice. So I said, tell my buddy to take me. And the store wasn't but up the street, but he heading toward their house. So I said, I know you ain't going over there. No, I ain't going. I said, I know you ain't going over there. And drove right up there, and when we left, they told where we were sat. Then they raided the house. Now, you can infer who did it. But all I know is I left his house, and when I got there, the FBI was there. Then I went to jail, and they arrested us, arrested me. I'm the only one that went. Everybody else stayed in the house hid. And you got, you know, I went to prison for that. For that one robbery, they didn't. Did they connect others, or there was just that one? Mm. Oh, so don't get me to telling. Mm. And then, so now, 
You out, you moving and shaking, you getting money. You doing uh don't you in the, you in the scams, credit card scams? Is it like is it like how they doing it now? Like oh, it was like that. So you went to the store and you was well, it depends. I had dudes that were in the top of the game as far as credit card. You can do it where you got the little thing, where you got the little box, and you can download it on Exabuy and make your own credit cards, and they'll slide. That's called fired up in the back, or you can make them where they punch manual, all that kind of stuff, print oh, yeah. checks. I'd have been involved with Secret Service because that's who come behind these type of cases is Secret Service because you're messing with the Postal Inspector General. Those two go hand in hand with that type of crime. Hmm. What? What you laughing for? He's <laughs> a funny guy. Man. I just think that's smooth, man. Like, he's just too smooth, man, for his own good. You know? So, what would you tell the kids today as far as these things? Are? Like, what is your message today? Well, a lot of times, for Max, what's the number one mistake I feel I made? And I, a lot of people... I think one of them was uh, not obeying my parents. I mm. think that's the number one thing, is to respect and obey your parents, because they ain't gonna too much tell you wrong. Right. And most of the youths that I've seen that respected and obeyed their parents, they turn out all right. The streets doesn't suck them up. But when you go as a child and look up to people that are trying to uh, negativity influence you. All I can tell the youth of the day, never be a follower. Always try to blaze your own path. Make your own way. Uh, a lot of times uh, they influence these youths uh, to jeopardize their freedom and do things in which they wouldn't do. Mm. And to the older ones, you ought to start setting a better example and try to think about not only yourself but the community and, and give the respect that you want somebody to give to your mother or your daughter or your child. You know, it's not a good sight to where uh, I get a call from a parent and they'll say something like, Melvin, your friend uh, uh, killed my husband. Or Melvin, uh, that dude that you took a picture with, uh, he killed my son. Uh, those are not things that I like about because I never, nobody can say Melvin ever hurt nobody. They can say uh, uh, Melvin did this, but it was within the rules and our era. See, and then they'll mix it up with the 80s, the 90s. These five generations I don't see. So a lot of times the older ones are us back in the day. He's been to L.A. There is no retirement is it out there, Tim. It ain't like New York. It ain't like nowhere. L.A., you cannot retire, even though I've been out the game all this. You can't stand on the streets. You can't walk in there because of uh, uh, the terrain, once again, that go on in there. And that's a shame. I'm just trying to go out these golden years, a whole lot of us. But we're subject to where we don't did all this time and then come out and steal and slave by our own people. That's not cool. A lot of men are coming out from doing 30, 35, that are getting out from this mass incarceration that started then. Now they're getting out, but the damage is done. Between us and everybody attacking blacks, uh, drugs, 
In prison, we created a silent genocide, no more different than the Jews, and now you're starting to see the effects to where our population's going down, we're being a, a, a part of gentrification to where the elders, they're losing their homes that our parents fought so hard for, now they're gone. It's, it's our culture. We need to start opening up dialogue amongst our own, amongst ourselves, and work out for a common cause and a common good to redefine in our community and giving back and giving these kids an actual chance to uh, grow and uplift and be proud of what they represent and where they stand, what they stand for. If you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. Anything, bro. I'm with you on that, Smiley. That's my partner. <laughs> Smiley straight. <laughs> they say you've been going easy on me tonight. I'm glad. <laughs> Give me a thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I respect that too. I, what I do want to know, though, is that how do you feel about how the whole gang thing turned out now, Crips? How do you feel about that personally? Where, where, where it's at now? You see, in the beginning when it started, it wasn't. That's brutal. The yes. murders, it's always been murders, but okay. the brutality of how they're getting killed now. The assassin, it's more like assassinations okay, yeah. as opposed to how we was, uh, we didn't have no cars. We didn't have nothing. You had to walk up. But as far as the Crips now and then, I have no feeling because I understand it's evolution. I can't go and bring my era and style into their era. If that's what they choose to do, I have no say-so whatsoever because that's them. But if they can change and organize themselves and get structure, bloods, crypts, they can get structure and stop standing for nothing and stand for something, mm -hmm. they could get a lot done. They, own, they got a lot of voters. They got a lot of talent. They got a lot of athletes that are being deferred and sucked up by the streets. But if they just change, get a structure, and get something to one stand up for as a common cause, the world is theirs. Yo, so how can we get, uh, I know you say you don't like to be called OG, but how can we get uh, you know, the what's on the break for OG? I don't know. Really? Opportunity oh. given. Okay. How, how can we get the opportunity givers like yourself and other ones in, in the game to, to kind of give them structure and talk to them and, and lead them in the right direction? They're there. We talk all the time. Okay. But they ain't going to come out for free. We're not getting in the resources. If I was trying to do something, particularly in L.A., because what happens is you have city government, then you have money that go to the county, even though it might be right there. So that means you might have the nine O's getting a gang of money for intervention and the gangster crips not getting nothing. Or they have an intervention, but they can't talk because county doesn't mess with city. Mm. So therefore, it's a conflict of interest when you're talking uh, gang intervention, and everybody around is getting killed by gangs. You can't get sit up and say, hey, I want peace. You can't do that. So what I would do is create ambassadors. One kind of old, 
one that's really running the shit at a young age. Because I don't fault a man when they protecting themselves from others that are coming. That's all they can do. Where else they going to go? They have nowhere to go. You can have men that don't want to do nothing, be involved in nothing, but yet other people still come and shoot at them because of the areas that they stay in. Right. How do you feel about the, uh, the situation with the young man from Brooklyn that got killed out there, uh, Pop Smoke? How did you feel about that when you heard that? Well, I see a lot on the Internet to where they uh, set tripping a little bit of here and there. And actually, uh, we was out there a little bit. But on the Pop Smoke situation, uh, that's what we call in prison on the streets an isolated incident. It shouldn't be no taking no further away. It should be no harm done to nobody because you have suspects that are in jail. You have a victim and a family that is grieving. So who are you going to get? Let the system take its course. And that's the fair thing to do. When you when you say isolated, you mean inside? Or? No, when I say isolated, I mean, I mean, that means that's an incident that usually wouldn't happen. Oh. It's a once in a time. It ain't like a lot of people talk to myths, this, that, conspiracy, inside, that side, which side. But at the end of the day, very seldom does that happen. That was something to me to where it was just somewhere somebody was pillow talking or showing stuff, and somebody got wind, and then that's just what happened. It was a robbery gone bad, from what I understand. But people make it seem like, oh, it's a New York, didn't check in, and all that. Well, the first problem I have, I got a problem with the word check in. Really? Yeah. Why? Because that's not how you're going to tell no man to do where he got to check in the shit. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be more sensible to use the theory like when you have a house and we'll turn that into a state, you have a right to expectation to expectation of where when they come in, they announce themselves and let you know you're there. Like when I come to New York, I didn't check in. Y'all say I'm checking in, but I'm announcing myself as opposed to, hey, homie, I'm checking in so y'all know I'm here. I ain't who gonna do that shit but a buster. Now I come and I'm a meeting, I'm gonna say, hey, homie, I'm here on y'all turf, and then I'm gonna leave it to them to take me and do what I need to do to keep me safe. I ain't gonna come try to come in somebody else's home. So with that being said, he didn't do nothing wrong. He didn't, do, he didn't have to do nothing, but he should have. If I was him and I knew people from L.A., particularly at the level he's at and coming to and his age group, I would have got somebody and just found somebody from L.A. just to be there to be a buffer. Mm. You got to have a buffer. Like I'm here with them. I'm just going to ride with them, me and my daughter, and we're going to sit back and have fun. I'm not going to try to come. Uh, like when I came out here, you got A-Trades out here. I ain't going to come out here and try to tell them how to get down and how to protect themselves. I'm just coming because I like traveling, and these are my folks. And we, we are integrating. 
So now a lot of times you got New York that's coming to L.A., Florida this, and these kids are starting to meet each other and experience things other than just their zip codes and area codes as far as they're going. So it's a lot of things that's going on uh, behind the scenes that are helping communities across the nation. Fred Hampton, Triple C's in Chicago. We work with them. Sean uh, Stevenson, uh, Mr. Violence, Ohio. Uh, black uh, Philly mob. All these guys work with intervention and prevention uh, on a federal level because we're up under the Credible Messenger program. Everybody that's in Credible Messenger from King Tone, the Latin King, he's on there. Everybody getting money. But me and I told Marvin from Piru, uh that was there when Suge got killed, we're Credible Messenger certified. We're the only one that ain't getting paid out of everybody. When who got killed? When Suge got killed, there was a guy that was with Suge Knight. His name is Ayatollah Marvin from Piru that drug bones out. That's who I work with on the side, mm -hmm. Incredible Messengers. Uh, me, King Tone, uh, Sean Stevenson, Fred Hampton of the Black Panthers, uh, Antonio Testra with the Los Luciano Gambino family. And this go back to seeing how far our nuts hang too. Don't forget that. So we just, just gonna oh, put so an inch on minds. So 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 they're not so nice. that company's not paying you. Well, I just got certified, but what happens is I don't want to throw you know I I don't want to go in because I go in and I don't want to mess up your bag. No, no, I'm gonna tell you my it's bag not my is bag, in my head. I, I don't care about messing up your no, bag. No, but what happens is I'm the hater. I don't uh, have no organization to where I can get something funneled because I'm like a a, a a a gunslinger. They hire us to come I'm talk. And so I don't have nowhere to find them, but now they should be able, hopefully out here in Hollis, New York. This is where I want to be, in New York. Because I've yeah, always yeah. told Tim to change America. It ain't going to start in L.A. It starts in New York. Is that what I said, Tim? And work your way out. Because we don't have the resources. We do, but I don't have them. But the people that I work with here, are in better position to where my voice can be heard and we start here. Gotcha. Do you trust these guys that you with? You trust them? Well. well. <laughs> Who, them? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Mm. It look like trustworthy guy. I mean, one guy's in here with a mask on. I don't know what's going on, but. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, you want to, you ask him what's going on. Oh. Come, Batman, come on up here, tell me a little bit here, man. Come on. Yeah, okay. Oh, I did. One day you gonna, you know, when you ready to call Brooklyn Batman, but yeah. this man's story, his story is legendary, and he got wise men and wisdom that he need to give to the world. It ain't about me, man. It's about this man right here. Absolutely. Appreciate that. What, 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 what's, what's your Instagram? Brooklyn Batman. Brooklyn Batman. Yeah, just put a, with an eight though. You know. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that was official. Yeah, I like that. Brooklyn Batman. Make sure he get some. Make sure he get some love on behind the scenes, please. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I like no. that. That was good. You see, it's honorable, man. It's good. <laughs> we could have made it about because I was gonna. It's a lot of questions I got for him. Got a mask on in here, making me nervous. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You got, <laughs> got standing by the door. You know, they want to fight. Ice grilling, all type of crazy stuff going on here. But you know, we could take it. We could take it. Got the tough ones, the the cool ones, and everything. But you know, all jokes aside, though, I think that I'm gonna say this because I know, you know, I, I do. Joke and I, 
you know, try to break the ice. But, you know, I think that you are needed out here in the community. You know what I'm saying? And I think that the people who are behind the scenes need to catch on and need to take advantage, you know, of the of the power. Because a lot of people can't take the fact that even though they're in position, they still don't have the grasp or the power that somebody else may have. An experience. An experience. So they may limit, they may want you to go through them. They want to, you know, you got to go through me to get, you know what I mean, instead of just putting you in position. And I feel like you need to be put in that position to talk because if you were to come and talk to me and somebody else, I'd be like, what was my man name? Marquise. I'd be like, all right, Marquise, yeah, all right, I understand. But you have that word, like, you can relate. You talk to the soul, and that's mm-hmm. what's important. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to Marquise. I'm cracking jokes, but at the same time, I feel like you need to be put in the highest standards. They need to put respect on your name. Like, we put it on your name. Do you feel like, uh, Flip, question for you, do you feel like the people in position are afraid to put people like him in position, though? I'm asking you no questions like that, but yeah, I do. Because, <laughs> you know, because his, his history and what he's known for, they may be like, you know, I mean, I think it's a small move to put him in position, though. But, you know, I, agree. I, I think the people in position may be a little little scared, uh, you know, that he may go back to his old ways or whatever. I've been happen. doing this 23 years. But I don't think scared to go to their old ways. I think that what it is is that, and it's going to sound crazy. I'm not saying this is the situation, but right, nobody right. wants to be outshined when you, like, that's what I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. If somebody, to, to, because a person like me, I, I'm comfortable with my skin. I know who I am. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't mind, like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know how we do, but Likewise, a yeah. lot of people are not comfortable. A lot of people want to uh, go for more than they can actually, they want more on their plate than they can actually handle. You know what I mean? And they want to be, you know, and that's the problem. You know what I'm saying? With him, I can see, Mr. Mr. Farmer, I can see people listening and understanding. They need to put him out there. The whole thing, he got the whole game plan on lock. Yeah. And then I asked him if he's Republican, he didn't want to answer because he said the Democratic <laughs> cities be going through it. So he, he didn't say the Republican cities. <laughs> No, 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 because nice. I ain't never lived in a Republican city, oh. so I don't know what the hell no nice. Republican is. Oh. But I just know that. Good. No, 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 no. Seriously, these are facts. Every inner city that has major gun violence. Talk, talk. Look, don't go from the top. Go with the local elected officials. Then when you get that list, I guarantee you 99 or at least 90% of them are exactly what I said. I'm talking about the Houston's, the New Orleans, the Chicago's, the Los Angeles, uh, uh, the Ohio's. The majority of those cities, we are underserved. And now that you said that, I'm going to take back uh, Democrat. That's why I don't like getting in because I really that's out my field. I don't care about a Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. But I ain't never looked at. I don't even know what a Republican. But I've been around the Democrats a lot, and I know how that party affects the inner city. They're responsible. There is no white mayor. I mean, no white councilmen and all that in L.A. They're all black. But I also know somebody that told me that they sit around and they sit and figure out what position they're going to take next after the term like good old boys. And if you start seeing it, you'll start noticing nepotism. That's what exists in politics all around America, whether it be white, black, Democrat, Republican. You are here, uh, uh, such and such, junior. 
Then 10 years later, it'll be the senior, and then it'll be the third, and then it'll be the same shit, and that's why we here now and don't went from uh, 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 water hoses to choke holes and still ain't nothing changed. Water holes to choke holes. And ain't nothing changed. How about that? Straight like that. Straight like, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you would like to touch on that we didn't ask? Mm -mm, that I enjoyed this, man. And uh, uh, like I say, the reason why I straightened, I'm just trying to make my mama proud. She getting old. She said Absolutely. she wanted to hear me finally say that I got a job. And that's what I'm trying to do. My mama has never heard me say I'm getting up to go to work till recently. And it's a piece of a job, but I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But I should be getting paid what I'm worth because I think we can make a change and I think we can bring people in. That could make a change as well as possibly win this election right. and make a difference. Real, real quick, it's a couple, yeah, I have two more things I'm gonna ask. I'm sorry, I tried to, I missed it. When you say the eight the eight trade gangsters uh, started the L.A. riots, now it's, it's, it's a bunch of them. Which which one are we referring to? That's us. There ain't but one eight trade gangster in L.A. No, 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 no. The riots part. The Rodney King. When Reginald Denny got beat up in the L.A. four, those are eight trade gangsters that did that. That did the riot. That's where I grew up at. We all Florence and Normandy. That's the north. You got back north, backside. It's three sections over there back in them days. Those are the ones that's on that side. Are you talking about the guy that got pulled out of the truck? Yeah, that's Reginald Denny. But our, our gang, the A-Trey Gangsters, are the LA4. They're from A-Trey Gangsters. So they started the actual riots. They're the ones that pulled them out. They're the ones that fought with the police on Florence and Normandy. And it's not the first time we've encountered. See, every different gang's got different traditions. A Trey gangsters, we don't back down from the police. We engage. Always have, but that's something you haven't know because most people wasn't around to know some of the engagements that's happened. Mm. And and why did you? Did you started the A Trey gangsters? You said founded them. Founded with them. a couple more. Well, okay, and, and, yeah. and where did the A Trey? Not, where did the word A Trey come from? We stayed on Eighty Third and Western. A. Trey is the third. Trey. So, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> no problem, no problem, no problem. I'm just that. I just want to cover all. Let me get it together. Get it together. Where was you at when you, uh, and, and tell us how you felt when you heard the news about Nipsey Hussle passing away? Actually, we had one up there and was filming up there, and the results wasn't the same as like then. But when Nipsey Hussle uh, died uh, at the beginning, uh, I felt that it's sad because I know quite a few of them and they we all went to school. But uh, once again, that's part of this game where you sign up. Uh, I never would call nobody no snitch unless you got to down him right then. Mm. You got to. So I felt bad he was from our community, one of the ones that was coming out up and coming. Uh, I know some of his people deal with him now, uh, but one thing Nipsey Hussle Legacy did do was create the opportunity for us to go and create dialogue for the first time. And uh hope his legacy continue on. It's a shame that not only him, Biggie Small, 
I don't been around in this hip hop game since Michael Conception started. We all in the same game, 79, 78. I just chose not to get into it. Uh, but uh, Easy, uh, 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 Tupac, Biggie, a lot of talented guys uh, get caught up and particularly emulating or talking about the streets and then they come back and actually haunt them in the ass. And I just felt bad that such talent is wasted that could have been uh, avoided and the conflict could have been resolved other than that, man. So he was a great talent and others, and uh, one of which is mom and family and Sam and the children and others' condolences because actually they have a church right around the corner where his dad owned the Ethereum church or whatever religion. And uh, one night right after his uh, son died, uh, right during before the burial and stuff, we seen like about 500 over there. And that's how I found out uh, that he was Nipsey's dad. But also the night that Nipsey died, uh, Barefoot Pookie came over, Babalu from Pyru, who I was staying over with at that time, uh, they came over right that same hour, but I was in a place that was high, and it, I never will forget it was kind of dark, gray, clouds, real quiet. All you could hear was ambulance, police, and the whole town was quiet, but they was quiet because they didn't know what happened. And if it came out that our side or anybody from this side had something, that's it. It's over with. Over, over, over with. It wouldn't be no talking about nothing. And this nationwide. So luckily it was isolated, internal, and that makes a big difference in what transpired afterwards if it was isolated or intentional. This was isolated. And once again, you can't go around and take it out. Who are you going to take it out on? True. And that's what happens a lot of times. Uh, we misuse social media and give out false information, which helps ignite the situation even more so, and it get out there before the truth come out and you can't pull it back. And that's what happens. So with Nipsey, uh, he was a great talent. And not just Nipsey, all people who lost their loved ones. Just the senseless violence, period. Not Everybody just let's sense. not just leave it with him. Let's just try to make it to where no parent, no mama should have to cry. No daughter should have to do that. Mm -mm. Father. Let me ask you one last question. Uh, how nice were you in basketball? I was the number one ranked parent. Let me put it like this. Oh, talk to the talk. Let's go. I played in a league where you had Russell Brown that went to Arizona State, Reggie Theus that went to the Bulls, Kim Scarborough, all them. Ozzie Smith played with St. Louis, Eddie Murphy. I played with all of them. We had a banquet for basketball. Every trophy that was offensive or defensive that could be an individual trophy, I won them all. I won the scoring title. We went undefeated. <laughs> I averaged almost 30 points a game at 14, 15. If they'd have had a three-point shot, I'd have been known, set up record. 
but I couldn't stop hanging on the streets. streets yeah. mm-hmm. Better yet, why don't before we go, one of these days before I leave, we'll just go out and What's shoot a little bit. And if my oh. shot when they go in hit the net, I mean, if they hit the rim, I don't count mines. Oh. I clean the dust out Let's the net. Go. So when mines go, they don't hit the rim. I don't count them. Yeah, well, let him step on out. I guarantee you. I, we used to shoot $1,000 a shot. But we go down to do that. I still got a little game left, man. I mean, what you man, want to I, did, I ain't got no game, but I'm just, uh, see, I'm at the age where we can go shoot. Okay. Where we can shoot anywhere from outside the three-point line, and when mines hit the rim and it go don't. in, I don't count them. Mm. I'm going to make it, you know. No humbles. It, no, no humbles. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Mm, I clean the dust out the net. Who's, who's the last because I had three heat cools on the show? Who, who was the last one? That's That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, oh, yeah. You having a tournament on what? August, uh, they're having a tournament. Do y'all know about that in Hollis? No. Uh, no. Memorial Day? Yeah, on uh, Sunday, April, September 6th. Or? Southeast Queens Invitational. That's the name of the mm. organization or something? That's, that's the name of the, the game. The game. What's going to be at? Um, 147. Okay. Got you. Okay. It's like, what's that? Uh, Francis yeah, Lewis. I know where 147 is. Cambria Heights. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I want to see the jump shot, man. I'm, I'm interested to see. What's going on? Oh, they, they ain't seen Oh, yeah. I got a video I'm going to send to you. Uh, okay. Well, I, I got to call it where I'm b-balling and crip walking at the same oh. time. I got one of them videos where I'm dancing and crip walking and shooting the ball all at once. You can't walk no more, though. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I invented it. Read Michael Conception book, and he'll say the best crip walker in the world was Melvin Farmer. I grew up with him. And read his book. The mm. uh, What's his name? Is Mike book. And you know who Michael Conception is, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up with him before he got paralyzed. Uh, that's my partner. Still is my partner. So you're the best crip walker in town? No, at that era. Oh. See, we had to dance because we could win $50. <laughs> Soul Train dancing. $50 yeah. a lot at 14, 15 oh, years yeah. old. Yeah, yes, yes. So yeah. Soul Train dancers had couples. Pop lockers had two. So we, had to, we were kid and play before kid and play. Mm. I had one girl that would be my partner, and then I had a real partner where we kid and play, which was Hot Dog. We was the best two Crip Walkers. We never lost uh, a Crip Walking dance. <laughs> but let me tell you why. Because mm. you used to have to clap. Whoever got there come, and the DJ say, this group here, you know, like that. Right, right. So they'd clap. Apollo style. Yeah. As they call it. But this L.A. style. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when it's time for, say, the Soul Train dancer to get a clap, every all the Crips will pull the pistols out and don't nobody clap. <laughs> then when it comes to the uh, the pop locker, nobody clap. Then when it comes to the Crips, <laughs> the whole audience clap. We never lost, and that's how we got our money to go. 
They never clap. They never. So, Soul Train dancers and them never beat us crip walking at any dance at the Palladium, the Hollywood Bowl, uh, Proud Bird. When they get them dancers, we make it. We rigged the game. We made it rigged. <laughs> True story. That's, that's crazy. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty. Pretty, pretty. Yeah. Dude, what, 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 what is next? What is next? Uh, well, I'm out here. Uh, I've just been certified with uh, Credible Messengers. I'm out here with my manager, Tim Terrain. Uh, I'm out here to uh, meet uh, with a Code Black Coalition, which is out here from Hollis, Queen, with uh, community uh, leaders and professionals uh, that are giving back to the community. And I'm just out here to see uh, what I can do to help redefine the community here uh, and to write some policies and legislation, and also we had the Melbourne Farmer legislation coming out uh, to where we're going to try to get some sent to the Senate or Congress through legislation uh, to address the issue of where do you go uh, and the statute of limitation when your civil rights are violated, why Melvin can't file his complaint because of civil rights violations or uh, statute of limitations, but yet somebody can be raped 30, 40, 50 years ago and say Bill Crosby did this and the statute of limitation uh, doesn't exist. And so we think that's the, something that would help the, uh, the nation and those that are a lot of times uh, civil rights are violated to where it's overlooked. And right. so we're trying to do that also. How proud are your, are, are your kids of you right now and seeing you, what you're doing now? Like, how? Ask her. She right yeah, there. I, I, I see it. I like, see her smiling up the whole Yeah, why would you ask me? The whole, epi the whole episode. Yeah, I mean, she, the whole episode, she's smiling out her head. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Good one, good one. Good that was good. <laughs> yeah, let her. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very proud of my dad. Um, I've always been proud of my dad. He is my favorite person. He's my first love. He's everything. So mm. everything that you have done um, from the time I was born to now, I'm, I'm very proud of you, and I love you. You love me too, sweetie. Wow. Don't we get on TV? Oh, that's another thing. When my baby cry, I cry. Don't, now, please don't wait. Hold on. Well, hold we'll both be crying. Home. Cut the cameras with my baby cry. <laughs> no, nah, don't get on that, 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 that's, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, a lot of, in recent times, not recent times, but, you know, they say that women, when they date men, they try to find uh like you know their father. Their pops, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's though. No. That that hurt <laughs> me to myself. My baby said, "Daddy, I love you, but somebody got to be a damn fool to marry you." <laughs> so, so you, you went, you went. So like, not my business. Yeah. yeah, God bless you. That's that's beautiful that you love your father. I think that your father is awesome. I think that um the fact that you hold them in high standards and stuff like that, that that's that's dope. That's amazing. And you know what? Round of applause for her again, please. <laughs> but we definitely appreciate you man please give out the social media 
Oh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, what? I don't even be doing. What am I on, Tim? All of them. <laughs> Any Shout social media, media man. For, I don't even be looking at it. Shout out to Tim one more time for, for making it happen. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, I'm respect on Tim Nate. Yeah. I saw I saw him at an event, and then he, he told me that I should get you on the show, and then we did a research. But if you want to learn something about uh, criminal justice system and something that's really, start reading and purchasing the new slave ship, a ship that does not sell. I wrote it with the intention to where a child attention span where he can read it. Mm-hmm. It educates them. It's a very good book, easy read. It really should be in all the school systems. It really makes an impact on, on children uh, uh, and makes a difference in their life when they really see the harsh realities and they learn the laws and to know your rights right. that could save your life. Hmm? Ty J. Ty J. Yeah, Ty J. What about? Hmm? Oh, he calling? No. Oh, yeah, and we also down here. Oh, I got you. We also down here where I do civil rights, uh, where we doing Tajay Harris to where a young man was uh, uh, arrested uh, allegedly for killing his grandfather and another elderly by setting a fire intentionally with a blunt. He never been arrested. Seventeen years old. Uh, they're seeking uh, a life sentence on him. They're charging him with murder as opposed to maybe if it did happen and it wasn't intentional, it should have been a negligence charge. So uh, I'm down here to uh, speak to him and to represent uh, his family and his mother, Sadia, and uh, help them go through the process uh, and to mentor this youth while he's in jail. He's only 17. I've never been to Records Island, but he's been up there. And he calls and, he, and, he, and, and, he, and he's hurt, he's sad, he don't know what to do. And so I try to give him strength to stand up and tell him, uh, you got to keep a strong upper hand for your mama. You can't show weakness. It's going to be all right. You're not facing life, uh, although you are. But technically, uh, uh, we ought to be able to make it to where he ought to be able to be put on maybe house arrest uh, like they do others with an ankle bracelet because right. the child uh, could be permanently damaged from being in here for something that could, he could be exonerated later on uh, for. And I don't think the charges could stand up or have the merit to where this young man should be in there for a year. So we're fit to try to see what we can do and bring awareness to try to get him out. That's dope. Yeah. On that note, man, we're going to wrap it up, right? Or you got some more? You got some more questions? Um. No. No. I was just looking at something just now, reading on this young man, um, trying to find something. What is it, Ty J. Woods? I thought it was Harris. He said Harris, Harris. I'm saying. Yeah. K-A-H-J. Say it again. Spell his name. K-A-H-J. It's Woods. Who I'm thinking of here. Brooklyn teen accused of arson, double murder. Wow. See, these are the type of cases where it should be brought up for awareness, but they don't. They let them sit and linger, and they let these kids get washed up. This case should be a national issue, or at least an issue in here, 
because of this young man and uh, the charges and the and the things that are going on with him at that age. Mm. Wow. Hanging out with Hawkins. That's your life for him. Read it. Shit and mm. Read it. Okay. Well, appreciate you coming up here. Thank you for well, having me, bro. I had, this one of the most fun times I had. No, nah, man, I ain't going to wipe your ass with soap. I'm just me. telling you real <laughs> shit because it can go from one day chicken to next day. Don't flatter me, please. Nah, I really enjoyed this, man. It's it's been a nice interview. I mean, you know, I tend to get crazy, but you know, ain't nothing wrong with crazy. I respect I respect the OGs, man. The 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 organized whatever. whatever. Opportunity giver. Opportunity giver. Yeah. That's a new name. Yo, man, dope episode. Uh, Make sure you follow the pages at Queens Flip with a Z at DJ G Money One Five Six at Flip the Script Pod. You know, shout to Michelle one time. No. Thank you. <laughs> Finally. Body <toot> time. Oh. <laughs> shout out to Bass. Shout out to Ebot. Uh, shout out to today's sponsors. Ebot. I saw him today. So walking in, yeah, right? He I in, the, yeah. You can't miss that guy. When yeah, you... <laughs> uh, shout out to Ebot. He's in uh, the building, man. Shout, shout out to today's sponsors, man. Shout out to The Real I Pray on Instagram. Shout out to uh, Wook. Let me make sure I get the name right. Hold on. Wukad. Wukuada. Wukuada. I had to write it down the way I could read it because look, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> look a little shout out to Wakuda one time, Beard Oil Company. Got my drink growing in crazy. You should you should try this one time. Let me, let me put a pause. Let me just try to. Nah, I don't do that. No, you should. Don't disrespect your sponsor <laughs> like that. Yeah. You good? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to Basky. Shout out to Ebok. You know, he's in the building. You know what I mean? I get things done. So good to see him. Um, shout out to my son, Queensflip Jr., in the building as well. Facts. Um, Shout out to everybody in here, man. Uh, Batman. Shout out to Tim one time, of course, for, for, for setting up. Yeah. Show me, Tim. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my fault, man. Yeah, oh, you can shout him out. Shout out to Tim. Yeah. That's it. You want know, you, you to, you know? Shout out to yeah, shout everybody in the building. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to everybody. Why are you playing, man? Shout out to everybody. Shout out to everybody. What's, why are you looking at me? What's up? I'm man? just saying, man. You're shouting our sponsors. But listen, dope episode, you know. Got to learn, man. Life is, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And I, and I honestly believe in that, man. But, you know, lock your doors. Close. Man, hold on real quick. We got to, you know, flip the script is, is doing all right. Doing yeah. pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, yeah, 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 yeah. We're doing pretty good. And I feel good about it. I feel good about it. I feel good about the energy today in here today. And I, I definitely want to give respect. And once again, tell Kingface <laughs> to get well, my brother. And, um, you know. Next episode is going to be crazy. But right now, we got the legend, the OG, Melba Farmer. And lock your doors, close your windows, close your blinds, open your blinds. If you see a man like a man like Melvin on your lawn, put it away. He don't mean no harm. But don't let him in because he'll take your jewelry off your arm. I'm from <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Ah, that was good. I'm slipping. Yeah. Ah, that was good. That was good. That was good.